Hey Buddha Nation, welcome to the Ecom Show, where we invite e-commerce entrepreneurs, marketers, and agencies to talk about e-commerce, the best strategies and tactics, and what to implement in your own e-com store. Before we jump into this episode, I ask you to subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you share it with at least one friend. As you probably know, we don't run ads. Our growth is purely organic, so it would mean the world to me if you could support us. And now let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, here is Daniel Budai with a new episode of our e-commerce podcast. And today I'm here with Nick Locasio, and he's the CEO of Booth.ai. And quick story, so how I met this uh, company and uh, his team. So I was at one of the e-commerce conferences in the US a few months ago, and I could see their uh, their brochures, I think, and I could see an image of a of a woman, you know, in a coat. And uh, I could see that this is an AI generated image and I couldn't believe my eyes because in my team, you know, we'd been testing AI at that time um, for, you know, we tried mid journey and different tools and it was great, but still more like a cartoon, let's say. But this photo, what I could see by a booth that AI, it was really photorealistic. So I went to these people, I talked to them, and voila, now we are working with them. So that's why I invited their founder, Nick. So, hey, Nick, how are you? I'm happy to have you here. I'm great, Daniel. Thanks for having me on. So tell us more about uh, your journey, and is it your first company? Uh, Do you have a co-founder? Also, when did you come up with the idea of founding this company? Absolutely. Yeah. Founding a company is always a lot of fun to talk about. So with Booth, we came into this as consumers. I'm a technologist. My background in AI, generative AI specifically. And I came into the e-commerce world new with Booth. And I was really interested in trying clothes on. So we built a prototype with my co-founder, Ian. And it was focused on trying clothes on. And we talked to retailers. We showed this to e-commerce companies. And they said, we like these photos. We're not sure about the consumer aspect, but we love these photos. Can we use these for our product photography? And that's kind of when the light bulb went off that we focus this particularly on e-commerce sellers because there's a huge, huge need for high quality photos, for marketing materials, PDPs, things like that. And it was a a huge learning experience coming into e-commerce, talking to brands, talking to sellers and understanding uh, their needs, you know, coming into this as a technologist. So we did kind of a a pivot along the way from a consumer to a more business and e-commerce focused solution. Um, But the core AI tech is the same throughout. So that's kind of a brief story of how we landed uh, upon Booth. Uh, And around that time, we were applying for Y Combinator, uh, an accelerator uh, that is run out of Bay Area. And this was three weeks before our interview, we decided to do this pivot. So it was a a rush to build a new product, to get customers. Uh, You know, we signed a bunch of LOIs in that short few weeks. And it was a really, really intense period uh, of customer discovery, technology building. And soon after that, we launched Booth in January, 2023 uh, with myself, Ian, my co-founder and CTO, and Mitra, our co-founder and CRO. Uh, so that's kind of a brief story uh, of Booth. Happy to dive into more details of 
how we got here, but I'll pause there. Yeah, amazing. So I know, so it's it's a, still a brand new startup, right? You, as you said, you launched the company in January this year, officially? That's true. Yes, we launched in January and then we went through, I forgot to mention, we got into Y Combinator. We went through the program uh, in the winter of 2023 this year. And yeah, we launched in January at the NRF show in New York City, which was a great place to launch because we were in front of so many top tier uh, brands, retailers, and it, it was a great uh, customer discovery and learning experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the product. So what, what what's the core product and uh, what problems it solve for e-commerce businesses? Absolutely. So when we talk to the e-commerce businesses and retailers, there was this huge need for photos, high quality photos at scale, uh, particularly within fashion. It is uh, constantly, you're getting new SKUs in, you're getting new, uh, fashion moves very quickly and it's seasonal. And there is this need to photograph them, particularly on models. And the cost really adds up over time because you have photographers, you have makeup artists, you have uh, the models themselves, and then coordinating the shoot, whether it's outdoors, indoors, it adds up really, really quickly. So instead with Booth, you can use AI to generate these images. You mentioned Midjourney. Uh, Midjourney also creates incredible images, but the key differentiator with Booth is you can put your products in these AI generated images. And that is really, really crucial for commercial use because you don't just want any good looking shirt or dress. You want the one that you're selling and the one that your customers can buy. So that is the core thing with Booth. That you could bring in your products into AI imagery and you do this at scale, a lot cheaper than doing a traditional photo shoot. And it really, really empowers your team to be creative in their production of these assets. And it unblocks your marketing team, your advertising team to really move forward without waiting on a photo shoot or waiting on creative from others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's just simply great and amazing that AI can, uh, you know, enable us to do this. Um, uh, yeah, so I wonder what's the main bottleneck of adoption because I'm pretty sure you have a lot of objections by e-commerce businesses that, you know, yeah, different objections why a traditional photo shooting is still better. And maybe if you could share a few objections and what, what's your opinion about those, um, maybe a few myths that they have. Yeah, can you share a few of those? Yeah, absolutely. So... I view the image generation space now as was the copywriting space mm -hmm. maybe 12 months ago um, before Jasper and ChatGPT yeah. kind of came to market and became really the, the de facto way to go about this. There's still a lot of hesitation within the image space for a few reasons. One is- Sorry, kind of sorry like, more than with copy, do you think? More, more objections? Yes. Than with copy? Think, okay. So I think we as, as humans, our visual cortex mm. developed before our language. So we are a lot more particular about what we see versus what we read. And I think that's a really key part uh, in the human perception of AI generated images versus AI generated words. We're a lot more critical for what we see rather than what we read. Um, so for that reason, any little artifacts that may appear, any weirdness in text can get glossed over I'm sure you've seen, uh, you know, where you read a sentence and the words are, or the letters are mixed up and you can still read it, right? We can still yeah. figure it out. 
the AI generated imagery, little things that are off in the image can be distracting, right? So our ability to you know, find those and how much they bother us really make a big difference. So that's kind of the first area is just the quality of the imagery um, and any artifacts that may show. Uh, with AI generated imagery, sometimes you get a perfect image, sometimes you don't, right? There's always a bit of massaging or potentially editing that you may do for really, really premium assets that you may want to create. So that's kind of the, the first objection that many um, can you know, raise. And our answer to this is kind of twofold. A, this technology is so new and it is evolving and improving so, so quickly. We're rolling out improvements on a weekly basis to remove these sort of artifacts and just prevent them from ever happening. We have a, we have a really good system now of detecting these and, and improving them. The second uh, is, doesn't matter. These artifacts and things like that, uh, as they get more and more mainstream with AI-generated imagery, will be less off-putting uh, to us and also to the ones that we sell to. Uh, and then, yeah, so that's kind of like the first objection that someone might have in AI-generated imagery versus a real uh, or traditional photography. And I think with time, a lot of that just gets resolved with better better technology. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, we also tried the software and uh, I will be completely honest. So, you know, not all of the images are perfect and that's mm -hmm. expected. It's a new technology, right? As you said, but it's been improving crazy fast. And I think everyone wonders where it will be in six months, 12 months. And now I'm asking you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's for those that are in the technology, we are amazed at how quickly it's evolving and... I think it's when, when you see this path of where it's headed, I think very soon you will be at a disadvantage if you're not using AI generated mm -hmm. imagery yeah. because the quality that you get with these imagery, there's high consistency and high quality, which is really hard to replicate at a large scale uh, for, you know, in traditional photography. So um, I think where we are now with copy, there's kind of a mix of, you know, AI generation plus that human touch to get you know some of the best copy in the world. I think that's where we're headed as well with AI generated imagery, where it's not just the time sync that you're putting in, but also the quality. Um, it will be hard to replicate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and mm -hmm. by the way, back to copy versus design, I can see the same that somehow copy and and you know using AI for copywriting. So far, it's been, yeah, it's more pe people, they adopted this more than, than design. That's for sure. So I can see people being more skeptical and designers, they are more skeptical about it than copywriters about Jasper and ChatGPT using these tools. So that's very interesting to see. But I think it will ultimately happen. And the third area is probably video editing and really videos where AI will be adopted, you know, eventually and yeah everyone will use it um yeah for sure and the other thing is so if you let's say you are not happy with the model or 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 the angles then uh, you have to set up a new photo shooting and you know it costs extra time and money but with this one you can simply just you know give a give an instruction a prompt and it will just change whatever you want so the whole process is just much easier and that's uh, another huge benefit of using ai um absolutely yeah 
you know, within Booth, we have model swap technology. So mm -hmm. there's a few ways to mix up your photo shoots, whether that's putting yeah. it in the machine. So say you're selling a CPG product uh, and it's summertime. You want to put this on the beach. You want to show, you know, in a, yeah. in a summer fun environment. And then your winter comes and it's holiday season and you want to put it under a tree or in the snow. Yeah, yeah. You can take that same source imagery, you know, of your CPG product and now place it in all these new environments without having to do a new photo shoot. And that's one of the key things is it's not just getting that photo once it's, it's being seasonal. It's speaking to your customers, being personal touch with each and every one. Mm -hmm. And that, that's one of the core things with Booth and with AI generated imagery that really unlocks that level of uh, personal, personal touch to each campaign mm -hmm. that you do. Hey Budai Nation, welcome to the Ecom Show. I ask you to subscribe to this podcast and if you like it, make sure you share it with at least one friend. As you probably know, we don't run ads. Our growth is purely organic, so it would mean the world to me if you could support us. I hope we can serve our audience in the best way. And now let's jump into the episode. You mentioned that... Uh... You know, you can use mid-journey, but it will generate a, I don't know, some generic T-shirt, not your product, but how how does your system work? So does it integrate with the e-commerce platform or, or how uh, does it pull in the prod product imagery from the, from the store? That's a great question. Right now, you upload your imagery directly into Booth, and then you mm -hmm. can download from Booth. So you can download them as FlipP, PNG, um, PSD as well. If you would like to edit it afterward, we separate everything out as layers. We're building integrations for Shopify for some of the big e-commerce platforms that are you know, early, early testing phases. Um, and that will allow you to import all your products automatically into Booth and then export them out of Booth so that you can uh, put them on your store and you can do this at a scale that really empowers your entire business, not just one product. Yeah, yeah, I see. Um, so, so far, who are your main users, the core users? They are more designers and, you know, specialists or more business owners, maybe, or, or general, you know, generalists in marketing. So what's your experience so far? Yeah, we have a wide uh, breadth of different users. One of the core ones is folks that focus in digital marketing. They are contracted by someone to you know, do a good job in uh, creating ads and, and marketing a product. And they come to Booth to generate you know, eye-grabbing imagery. So that's kind of one sector. Mm -hmm. uh, the other sector is the brands themselves. Typically, we work with you know, smaller SME um, e-commerce brands. And they don't have the budgets to do you know, extensive photo shoots. Uh, and they want to... You know, upgrade their imagery and, and make it consistent across. They want lifestyle imagery. They want um, not just white background photography. Many of them shoot on white background and then they want to mix it up with Booth. The third category would be the drop shippers. There's drop shippers that use Booth to make their selling stand out from other drop shippers. Because yeah, a product from a manufacturer or a distributor and they give you very basic photos and you need yeah. to find a way to make content out of that. And you, know, you can order it and you can make that content yourself, or you can take those images, throw them into Booth, and now you've got eye-grabbing imagery that's distinct and unique from everyone else that may be selling that product. 
Yeah, I, I can really relate to those dropshippers. I mean, nowadays we don't really work with dropshippers anymore, but I, I have friends like that. And it's just so hard to differentiate yourself in the market because, as you said, they get, you know, these photos from the manufacturer. Many times they look like a stock photo or even worse quality. So, yeah, it's just very hard to differentiate. So actually AI can help a ton with that. You can generate unique images with your products and you can use it. So you can get more creative with this. Um, I'm also curious, um, what's the, you know, what's your team setup at the moment? If I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it's still a small team and you keep it lean. So, so what's the current setup of this startup? Yeah, we are a team of eight. We are fully distributed and remote. So we've got folks out in the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, folks on the East Coast of the U.S. and folks mm -hmm. in Europe as well. So we are, you know, uh, it was a company that was founded kind of toward the tail end of the pandemic and being remote is, is very core to our culture, the way that we work. Uh, and we were you know, a remote first company really from day one of founding. What's the reason of being remote? And you seem to be, you know, very, how to say, you, you are a big pro you you really like this remote setup right by the way i'm the same with my company so we are 26 people in 17 countries so we are remote we couldn't be more remote and uh yeah why do you like this setup yeah i think there's two aspects of it firstly from the business aspect you get access to talent in the whole world you're not mm -hmm. regionally locked anymore when it comes to hiring really really great people and i think it's always a shame if there is a person that can come in and transform your company, but they just don't happen to live in the city of your headquarters. And I think that's like just a great tragedy. Uh, being yeah. remote first, it avoids that problem entirely. The second piece too is I lived in the Bay Area for six or seven years. Um, my family's from the East Coast. I moved back to the East Coast during the pandemic and really kind of re-understood the value of being close to the ones that are, you know, family and the ones mm -hmm. that you love and having to go back out, you know, just to have a company doesn't make a whole lot of sense um, that you in a remote setting are able to spend the time with the people that you care most about. Uh, and I, that's a really core cool part of me. And I would never want to, you know, take someone away from that, you know, just to join a company. So those are kind of the, the business reasons and some of the personal yeah. reasons why I, I think remote work is so important and that it's here to stay. Yeah, yeah. Any challenges with remote work or maybe any, you know, aspects of managing and, and running your business? Uh, and, you know, would you mention anything that, okay, if you, have, if you have a remote company, you should do this differently than with a traditional company? What would be that? Yeah, I think with remote, especially over Zoom, it's a little harder to read people. There's subtle mm -hmm. cues that may go missing and you don't see people off camera. You don't see someone at their desk with their head down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Day, right. You have a lot less visibility into someone's day to day uh, and how they're feeling in the moment. So I think with, re with remote work, you have to be extra, um, I think, transparent with the things that are happening in the company and be uh, be extra kind because you never know what someone is is really going through that day. Mm -hmm. When you're in office, you can kind of tell if someone's having a bad day. Yeah, remote, it's really impossible uh, to tell that. So just kind of putting the the foot forward of you know always being 
being kind and being patient because you just you just don't know what someone's going through it. And there's no way to really tell in a remote setting. Yeah. So those are kind of two bits of advice. Hmm, that, I really like the second one. Nobody has ever told this to me that be more kind because uh, than in real life or, you know, in, in when you are in one room because you just don't know, you just don't see the whole person and, and just harder to read the cues on their face and body language so yeah that's that's super that's a super good advice um so you run an ai company and i have to ask this question so how do you see the future of ai and i'm talking not just about image generation but you know in general so where this whole thing uh, is going now and i'm sure you know that many people especially older people they are afraid they will lose their jobs uh, it happened in my team as well with a few people. So we had to educate them and, you know, really change their mindset about this. So, yeah, wh where do you see the, you know, the world is, is going with AI in yeah. the next few years, let's say? Yeah, my perspective on this is you won't lose your job necessarily to AI, but you may lose your job to someone who is using AI, mm -hmm. to another human yeah. who is using AI. And I think it's really the pairing of these two things. Uh, so I think where we're headed is that most jobs will be AI assisted and enabled where you're able, so there's two parts, you're able to have produce higher quality work with this kind of AI assisting you, and you're able to expand the volume of the work that you do. And these are the, the two key pieces that AI uh, will help us with in a broad variety of different job applications. And I think that in this new kind of AI empowered world, everyone becomes a bit of a manager where you have different AI agents yeah. that are yeah. executing different functions for you. And I think the same skills that a manager has in, in delegating to other people, you bring those into delegating to AI agents. Uh, and I think that's a really core skill set that is going to be important for the future of work, but also the, you know, important for the future of, of education. It's, it's not any more rote, you know, do this, do that. Um, we are no longer the cogs in the cognitive machine. We, we are now, you know, moving the lever. And I think that's yeah. a really core part to, you know, the future of education is learning how to, you know, manage people, but also manage uh, these agents that may be, you know, operating upon your, upon your behalf. Yeah, I think that's a great way how you put it. Like everyone becomes a manager because... You have these AI agents and uh, you, you manage those uh, and you don't manage people anymore or yeah, it's, it's just different. Um, it increases efficiency and volume. Do you think it also increases quality in certain cases? So maybe the copy becomes better, maybe the image becomes better or the edited video in the future? I think absolutely it will improve quality. Um, two ways it does this. One, better consistency. Everyone has an off day. Even creatives can have off days. Yeah, yeah. Um, and two, you have access to this incredibly um, powerful machine that can produce very high quality things. And you know, we're at the early stages of this, where sometimes you know an AI output is better than a human output, but it's not. It's not always there, right? But it, that is definitely where we are headed. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um... So if anyone try, wants to try your tool, your software tool, where they should go, what's the website and who they should contact? 
tweet? Yes. So our website is booth.ai. You can go in and you can try the tool. You can sign up for free. And then we have packages for credits starting uh, at various price points. Um, we have a basic package, pro package, and uh, we have an enterprise tier for high volume. And essentially, when you're on a package, generating images, they don't cost credits, just downloading the images. So the incentives are aligned. You only pay for what you download and what you use. And I think that's a really core part. And AI and any AI uh, company is to align. We're providing high quality outputs. We want you to use these photos and, and you pay only for what you use and download. Yeah, that's amazing. So, you know, if you generate an image and you don't like it, and you know, there is a chance it will happen because the technology, te technology is still, you know, in the early phase, then you don't pay. On, you only pay for what you download and actually use. And I think that's a great model. It's very risk-free. So, so yeah. Um, thanks, Nick, for uh, sharing your story and your company's uh, story as well and what it can do uh, for e-commerce merchants. And I really encourage everyone to go to their website and try this tool because, as Nick said, if you don't use AI, then your competitor will. And you don't want that. You want to, um, you know, be ahead of this technology. And I will put the link into the description. I will put another link there, which is uh, from my company. So we collected our top 100 email templates and uh, we put them into one guide. You can go to their you can go to that link and download it for free. So make sure you check it out as well. And thanks again, Nick. Thanks, everyone. And uh, have a great day. Thank you, Daniel.